Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy, druids. In cars. Going to festivals. What is your weirdest druid tool? The weirdest druid tool? I mean, I'm a bit of a druid tool myself, but <laughs> for the most part, it's probably it's probably the bell branch that I carry. Um, I don't use it a whole lot. I need to recover from that. <laughs> Sorry, did I break you in the first 30 seconds of this? You did, you did. <laughs> um, probably, it's probably the bell branch, though. Um, so, many years ago, I was crafting new tools uh, to work with as a, a fairly new ADF initiate. And... I was looking for ways to help other people get through the initiate path work, and a lot of that work is, is no longer terribly useful because it's based on an old study program. Though it could be reconfigured, and I just haven't gotten around to that yet. But um, one of the things that I decided to make was a bell branch. And I thought about a lot of different ways that I could make it. Uh, I thought about getting a branch and painting it silver and tying bells to it. I mean, that was cool. It was it was neat. Uh, but I'm not a big fan of spray paint. And I just... It didn't work for me. Especially um, silver spray paint. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it just gets on stuff. everything. Um, and so what I ended up doing was I actually found some thick gauge copper wire that otherwise would have been waste. Um, and I took it and I wove it into a branch. And then I took some thin gauge copper wire and slipped it through a couple of craft bells. Well, many craft bells, actually. And ended up creating something that actually looked like a branch, but was made out of the metal. And I gave a good, clear musical sound. And I liked it because it's not a wooden branch. It doesn't break. It does bend, but it's easy to bend back. Um, And I can throw it in with my stuff, and it's no biggie. But it gives me kind of that extra... That extra little bit of oomph. You know, we, we do a lot visually in our rituals, and I'm not a singer. I don't play any instruments. Well, not anymore, at least. And so the the ability to bring in something that was musical was particularly useful for me. 
So it's interesting you you mentioned that it's also visual because um, I also have a bell branch. You uh, yep. we ins- made it together. Instructed me in making one. Um, after my daughter lost mine. Yeah, after she lost hers it's okay. in, the, I, I, in the field. Um, but anyway, so I have a bell branch, and I was using it for. Um, one of the magical pieces of ritual, I think it was the waters at Harvest Nights, um, maybe five years ago, I don't know, a while ago, and uh, one of the members there uh, is hard of hearing and wears hearing aids, and one of the things that they mentioned after the rite um, was that they asked if my if my branch made noise because they noticed the way I was shaking it um, was like you would use a maraca or a shaker, but it was high pitched enough that they couldn't actually hear it, but they could see the reflections of the light off of it as I moved it around. So that's really cool that you mentioned that like it was bringing something visual because that wasn't something I would have thought of, but when that person brought it up, it was very like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, so, for those who don't know why I made a bell branch or what that is, there's this notion of kind of that the, the musical tones of the, the other world and the apple branch that uh, is also symbolic of the other world. So, it's got this kind of otherworldly sort of experience that goes along with it. And so, that's. That's the reason that I made one, was to kind of tap into that experience and, and that knowledge. But yeah, it was it was really about pulling something out of the visual and into the auditory and adding senses, because we're all differently abled. And I don't like to be a one-trick pony. And so pulling that in gave me kind of an extra dimensionality to the, the work. But it's still, it's kind of weird because the, the copper branches and the craft bells, it's almost an industrial look, which maybe even steampunky, which feels a little out of place in, in um, a ritual. I mean, it doesn't, for, it feels completely normal. Maybe that's just because it's mine and I use it, but it feels completely yeah. normal to me. Yeah, but it, it was, it's one of those things that when I look at it, I'm like, well, this is... This is not how the ancient druids ever would have built something. <laughs> but here it is, and it works great for me, and I love it. Um, we've got some ritual video where we've used it here and there in the past. Yeah. And we've had the kids build bell branches out of pipe cleaners and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that aspect of it has been... You know, it's, it's continued its way through the, uh, the, the, the grove locally, too, which is kind of nice. Yeah. What about you? So, initially, I was thinking it's probably my knuckle bones. Um, Because I have uh, a set of... They're made of resin. They're not actual knuckle bones, but they're sheep's knuckle bones, which are used for um, divination in ancient, ancient Greek stuff. And you... There's five of them. They're also called astragali. And you throw them, and they roll kind of like dice. Um, only they have... Kind of like dice. Kind of like dice. They have arguably four sides, but depending on which way they land, the numbers that are associated with them are either one, four, or 
six, I think, um, so that they correlate to the numbers for the, <laughs> the Greek divinatory system. Anyways, um, so I have a bag of knuckle bones uh, that I thought was my weirdest tool, but I don't use them super often because the fact that the numbers aren't sequential makes it really hard for my math brain to, like, I have a hard time adding them up. And it's also hard to tell which side is up until you use them a lot, because a lot of the sides look really similar. Um, so it might actually be in my initiate cords. Um, <laughs> because I don't did. I know you wore yours before me. Yeah. But were they a tool for you, or did you just wear them? They are. They they were a tool for me, probably okay. in a different way than they are for you. Um. I don't know that you and I have ever actually talked about I don't about think. That. We might have to... Well, okay, we'll see if it comes up in this yeah. conversation. Otherwise, we'll table it and talk about it later. But so my initiate cords... Um, so during the process of initiation, uh, you end up having these ropes later. Um, and so mine are... They're lovely and blue, and they're like climbing rope almost. They might actually be climbing rope. They are climbing rope. We, we learned... <laughs> from from our error when I was initiated <laughs> to get nicer looking to more get nicer looking rope that can support uh, more weight. Yes. Um, so, anyways, I have very lovely blue and black and light blue climbing rope um, that was used during my initiation, and it um, is something that I I could have just like worn as a symbol of being an initiate or not worn, not done anything with because it was just a tool for that rite of passage, but I associated them very strongly with the current and used them as a way to access the initiate current. So I took my, my three pieces of rope that I have and I braided them together and um, sometimes you'll see me wearing them as like a sash or a belt, just depending on what you're wearing. What I'm wearing and how I'm feeling that day. Um, but they're braided, and um, I can hang things off of them because of the way I braided it. But generally, it's it it's what would look like just a bit of, like, ritual garb. But for me, it is a way that I can tap through it to access the current, um, which we also just don't talk about much. Uh, but, but the initiate current is kind of like a, a source of magical juju, magical power that, uh, people who have been initiated to tap into that current can access to further empower their work. Would you say that's fair? I think that is more than fair. That sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. So, so I use my, my cords as kind of my, my touchstone for accessing that, um, and in the same way that, so in the same way that you could start with like a pile of wool roving and the spinning wheel or the drop spindle would allow you to get the, get the twist going and like take it from this giant mass of stuff into a form. That's kind of how I view the cords is like, I could almost, uh, like they attach to this, like just river of current but allow me to take um, usable pieces from it and make them, like, they help me mold them into what I want to do. Um, so I would say that my cords are my weirdest tool. Yeah. 
I, you know, having my own and, and working with them slightly differently, not in like a majorly different sort of way, um, I, I can see that. I mean, your ropes are nice. Mine they are, are not. Yours are not. <laughs> mine, mine are... Uh, Garbage rope. The, yeah, there's, there's rope that was left in Ian's garage, <laughs> and it's what we used because it's the rope that we had, and it's coarse, it's ugly, it's a bright blue. It's like neon blue. <laughs> it's pretty astounding, and yet I wear them You the do, time. and mine are blue. They well, are. Mine are lovely. There's though. a reason yours are blue. Um, oh, not just because of Poseidon? Not just because of Poseidon. <laughs> because I was one of your initiators. Oh, so you, so you decided they had to be blue. Okay. I, I made a choice. I bought that rope. I made a choice. <laughs> okay. Um, but, no, the, uh, the the connection that I have to them is, is similar but a little bit different because my ropes were an afterthought in a lot of ways to the ritual like we finished up and, and I, I looked at him and I, I looked over to him like do this rope back can I keep it <laughs> he's like yeah we've cut it go ahead yeah. so uh, I, I, I took it and I made it part of the symbol of the initiation now a lot of the work that I do with the initiate current has migrated from those cords and into the necklaces yeah. that all of our crane initiates wear. Yeah. They look uh, kind of like dog tags. They look exactly like dog tags. <laughs> they look tags. like dog tags and they're, they've got like a black black um, background. Black background and a stainless steel like riveted together flame shape. Yeah. Speaking of you know steampunky looking yeah, speaking industrial of, looking speaking things. of steampunk looking ritual wear <laughs> yeah uh, but the so a lot of the work that I do um, has kind of flowed from the cord into the necklace and the necklace is, is kind of where that connection comes for me and that has only happened really since the pandemic when I started wearing it all the time because I did before that. I wore it for ritual, and, and that was about huh. it. But nowadays, I wear it all the time. I say I wear... I've worn mine all the time. Yeah. Well, I didn't get mine until later that's, that's either. That's um, They did not come with my cords. So, uh, but that's kind of where some of that has kind of flowed to. So I always have it with me, even if I don't always have my cords. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons I like it. Like, one of the things I like about... And I, I guess I wouldn't have initially considered the fact that my necklace is a tool, but it is, um, because it, it is my connection to that that initiate stuff. Yeah. Um, and like when I was, we talk about doing uh, adaptations for like places you are where you can't have fire. Uh-huh. So when I was teaching at my desk, I literally I'd get to work and I would take my necklace off and hang it on some little push pins I had up on my desk to be my little my little altar at my desk because I would have the fire and then I just had, you know, a little cup for my well and a little picture of a tree. Yep. But so I would bring my fire with me and I would hang it up when I got to work and then take it with me when I went home. Yep. 
it's a, a useful thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I've, I've, um, when I have been an initiator is another time that, like, I really use my chords because to me, yeah. those chords are my connection to the current. And so when I'm trying to give other people that access to the current, like, it, again, it makes a nice touchstone for it. And I, I have used my chords in initiation since then as well. Mm -hmm. And that has also... Did you ever get them back? I believe I did. Okay. I believe I did. Uh, I would have to count my chords, though, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you and, and find out. But And even if I didn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I was just curious if you... Yeah. Because, I mean, part of the process of initiation is passing on to the next person anyway. Yep. And these things aren't really ours in some sense. Mm -hmm. They're designed to be passed on, to be given to others. And as a result, uh, that sometimes happens. And I think at one point or another, the idea may have come up that each time initiator initiated someone one of their chords would go to that person but there's just not enough chords and yeah. enough initiates to do that right so. <laughs> but so. I think a lot of us who have who have been the person in charge of buying new rope for the initiator for the initiate person the new one um have you know really thought about like how does this reflect me but how does it also reflect that person yep um so that there is that there is that element of passing that on like I said, I, I picked that rope for you. Uh, I, I know, I know. <laughs> it's fun to do that. Uh, but, I mean, in a lot of ways, sometimes it's... When we think about weird tools, there's all sorts of things that could kind of fall into that category. I once made my own shoes for ritual work. I made my dress for ordination, but I wouldn't consider it a tool. Yeah, I don't really think about the, the shoes as a tool so much as they were useful in getting me into the mindset of ritual work. So in that yeah. way, they're kind of a tool. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was it was very... It was religious garb. Like, it was... It had, it had religious intent behind it, but I wouldn't consider it a tool in yeah. the same way. Yeah, I can see that. I did just recently I, I picked up a new sickle oh yeah actually yeah this one's actually made out of steel so I could actually use it if I wanted to as opposed to my uh, my bronze sickle which is certainly sharp but is not good for not you know, good for usage yeah. yeah so I now have a harvestable I've been considering garden. getting one specifically for my garden I'll um, show you what I got okay you might like it um <laughs> I'll bring it to Wellsburg. Yeah, maybe. but absolutely like a like a garden sickle is what I would be looking for. Yeah, this is a little hand sickle. Yeah. So it's it's perfectly shaped and sized for for that sort of work. Um, and I haven't had an, I haven't had the opportunity to use it yet. I, don't I was gonna say, have you have you gone out and harvested mistletoe under the sixth night of the moon with it? It's a little early <laughs> in the year for that right now as we record this. Um, However, we are on our way home from the sixth night of the moon ritual. The there was true. just no mistletoe there. There was no mistletoe. So, yeah, so those things. Sometimes the stars don't align. But it's a lovely little sickle. I really like it. Uh, and I guess I'll, at some point, report back on how much I actually like it as a tool. Right. I remember the uh, 
one of the Dublin Irish festivals we did um, before I was consecrated. So you had a sickle and I did not. Yep. And you were like, here, just use one of mine. And obviously it wasn't your, like, your consecrated pre-sickle. It was one of the other ones you had. And I was like, this is just weird. Like, these are yours. Like, not only was it weird in the I don't want to use your stuff, but it was also like, this feels like you. <laughs> Ew, it's icky. <laughs> not icky, just like, this doesn't have my juju on it. And I, well, it's really hard to describe that, but it was not mine, and so, it was so weird. So that, that brings me to a different question. When you got your sickle initially, mm-hmm. it wasn't yours initially. Correct. How it was not a blank slate. Yeah. How, how was that? Especially it, in comparison. I think part of that was because it was, A, it was intentionally passed that way. Yeah. Um, and B, it was, it was not a here, borrow this, but it's actually still mine kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it was a, it, it was more of a, transfer and so I was able to take the the energy that it already had and um like welcome it into my own mm-hmm. as opposed to just trying to like I don't know drive someone else's car yeah <laughs> I now I don't recall when do, do you still have that same signal or did you get the new one I think I have the new one. Okay. I would have to check and see, because I don't remember exactly which way it handed off, but there are um, fingerprints on one of them. Yeah. And so I'd have to check and see. Because yeah, she came back. Right. And so got another sickle, or the same one, we're not sure which, but yeah, so. Yeah, I don't remember, but I think I got the new one. That sounds about right. I think that might be the case. Yeah. There was a whole thing with the mound. Yeah. Putting the sickle in, pulling the sickle out. Well, but it was also really cool just, um, like, I like the idea of, so, like, each priest has their own stole, which has, you know, our names embroidered in them and um, is our own, depending on the person, our own spirit ally um, that works with us. Uh, But the sickles, like, I could certainly see them, you know, going back to ADF. And getting passed in someone new. Yeah. Um, Because it's not personalized in the same way, and so it could be reused. And it would be, I think, really neat to have that energy kind of... Flow through. Yeah, to to have it empower someone new. I I agree Um, with that. Um. And I know, so in the... There's currently some work going on in the clergy council to, like, codify some of the regalia and how it's handled. And I, I think that's one of them, but I don't know what's been... I could not tell you off the top of my head about it. But I think that would be, like, a cool thing. Yeah. Is to to use the tools that are full of that energy to empower someone new who's just coming into it. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I think that would be a, a good way to sort of pass those things on. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, none of us are going to be around forever. But uh, the sickles are also in limited supply. I know. Well, it's so. it's, it's also kind of like, you know, do I give it to my kids who maybe don't care when I die? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do I get, like, who does it go to when you don't need it anymore? And with, with the sickle, as far as I'm concerned, they can earn it if they want it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it is a ritual tool, and I feel like it 
it its best use is to go Continue. back to him to empower someone new in that role. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that's definitely the the route that those things should take. Also, like, please bury me, burn me with my stole, but um, that's not something that I would pass on to someone either. You know. Bury me with my sickle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want someone to bury me with my sickle either. Also, it it would melt. It would. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, those are probably when it, when it comes down to if we're thinking about weird stuff, I think those are probably the, the weirdest. weirdest tools. We're gonna think of something, right? I am. This. We are gonna think of something. We'll just have to addend it. Ad- I guess. Do an addendum. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's think about it, and if we come up with something weirder, which I'm sure we will. We'll just, we'll just pop on the end. Sounds great. So, Jan, you've had a minute to think about it. I've what had is, several days to think about it. What is your weirdest druid tool? You are my weirdest druid tool. <laughs> I'll take that. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something you would like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsandcars at threecranes.org. If you'd like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids and Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Our theme song's lyrics were written by Arthur Shipkowski, and the music is written and recorded by Mike Beershank. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org, and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes, and let us pray with a good fire.